Kansas lawmakers churned through dozens of bills this past week. House Bill 2140, House Bill 22, 23, 23, 36, From the Kansas News Service, I'm Jim McLean, and this is State House Blend, Kansas. The bill is hereby declared passed. A slew of B-list bills had to make it at least halfway through the legislative process by the so-called turnaround deadline to avoid the cutting room floor. That is, unless they were blessed by either the President of the Senate or House Speaker Ron Reichman. Change of reference. House Bill 2042 was adjourned from the Committee of the Whole and referred to the Committee on Appropriations. When legislative leaders want to keep a bill alive, they send it to one of a handful of committees exempt from the turnaround deadline, like House Appropriations. The Speaker let legislation to make spousal rape a crime fall by the wayside, which upset a lot of Democrats. One of the more than two dozen bills he saved, though, would rescind the prosecutorial authority that former Kansas Secretary of State Chris Kobach once convinced lawmakers to grant him. Scott Schwab, the state's new chief election officer, wants to stay out of court, and lawmakers on both sides of the aisle will likely oblige him. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I move the House adjourn until Wednesday, March 6th at 11 a.m. All of the big spending issues will also be waiting for lawmakers when they return to the State House after a short break. And one of the people hoping to influence those decisions is Julie Lorenz, the new head of the Kansas Department of Transportation. It's Lorenz's second tour of duty at KDOT. She played a key role there from 2003 to 2011. And near the end of her first stint, Lorenz helped launch T-Works, a 10-year, $8 billion transportation program. But work on roads and bridges slowed to a crawl when lawmakers started diverting billions of dollars from KDOT to deal with a budget crisis triggered by former Republican Governor Sam Brownback's tax-cutting experiment. More than 20 major projects were shelved, and eventually things got so bad the agency had to issue bonds, borrow money, just to do basic maintenance, the patching and resurfacing work needed to keep the state's 10,000-mile highway system in decent shape. An option, Lorenz says, that should only be used in desperate times. Using bonding for the life of a long-term asset makes sense. It does not make sense for preservation, and we should never go there again. The governor, in her proposed budget, has increased the annual maintenance budget in the, in the coming fiscal year to, what, $400 million? So we get up to $400 million, um, in the coming year. So that is based on the assumption that $160 million stays in the state highway fund. With that, we can increase preservation to $400 million. On top of that, we can let four T-Works projects right. to the tune of $80 million. And just to translate that just a little bit, what you're seeing there is the governor can't immediately stop essentially taking money from the quote-unquote Bank of KDOC, but she's going to slow that down, and by 2023, she wants to have stopped it entirely so that you're that's no longer Absolutely. Happening. Here's okay. the soundbite. The governor wants to close the Bank of KDOC by 2023. Now, when you started briefing legislators soon after you got here, one of the first things I think I heard you talking about were some of the staffing issues that you face. And it made headlines when you said that entry-level workers, people who operate heavy equipment, uh, who plow the snow, who clear the, uh, the culverts, the drainage ditches, and, and then that type of thing, that you had, I think I recall, 100% turnover on an annual basis in those positions? Mm -hmm. We certainly have snowplow operators who have been with us for a long time and couldn't appreciate their service more. Okay. But for the new operators that come on board, we pay such a low wage and the demand for a commercial driver's license is so high, we cannot keep those people. New hires. So new, new hires, hires you, don't, you, just, you don't keep them more than a year, You do not. You cannot. So when you look at a Walmart, for example, they're paying like $87,000 a year for a driver. Now, that driver has to be experienced. Mm -hmm. So we're not trying to compete with Walmart, nor are we trying to compete with FedEx or UPS drivers. That We're never going to compete with the private sector in terms of, of pay. 
But where we're losing our drivers, they come on board, we spend time to train them, we pay them while they're being trained, we have trainers train them for commercial driver's licenses, then they're a more valuable employee and they go to cities and counties which are paying more. So halfway into this discussion about this long list of issues slash problems, you're still smiling. And I, I think I should ask you, you know, why is it that you took this job? You had to know, having been here before, uh, you had to know something about the challenges you were walking into. Oh, no, I'm thrilled to be back. I couldn't be happier. I say all the time, there are brighter days ahead, and I want to manage expectations because we've gotten deep into the ditch, and it'll take us a while to dig out. But we can, and I look forward to that. Not that long ago, Kansas had one of the best highway systems in the country, bar none. And then as the budget problems emerged and we saw projects being canceled here and there, what you would hear people say is our system was so good that we can take a few years off, not do the maintenance we should be doing, and, you know, not a big deal. Uh, it's still going to be great. Is it still great? How much have we slipped? So I would take you to the graph, which, of course, you can't see yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> I can see it. But, the... but what, what you see is that in some ways there's an element of truth to that in that we were living off of previous investments. They carried us for a while. The problem is with a highway system is that when you hit decline at, at a certain level, then it's not just like a gentle decline. It's fall off the cliff time. Things can remain fairly stable for a while. A while. But then when you hit, you hit a point of no return, when you hit that, the tipping point. that is the tipping point, when that is no longer enough, and then the decline is precipitous from there. So right? I would say this, absolutely. So you can see this year, unfortunately, in the last four weeks, right, with, in terms of potholes. Right. It has been the trifecta of trouble. The health of our system isn't where it should be. We don't have crews of adequate size to get out and do patching when they have the opportunity. And then three, we've had a really cold winter. It, you can't predict that this piece of pavement or that one is the one that's going to go, but you know that across a system, mm -hmm. you will continue to see decline, and this hard winter just pushes that tipping point a little steeper. KDOT Secretary Julie Lorenz, thanks a lot for your time and for really catching us up to where things are relative to transportation. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Jim. Be safe going home. Health policy will be front and center when lawmakers get back to work this coming week. Republican Representative Brenda Landwehr, who chairs the House Health Committee, will hold three days of what she's calling roundtable discussions on Medicaid expansion. Republican leaders are opposed to Governor Laura Kelly's proposal to provide Medicaid benefits to tens of thousands more Kansans. But they're backing a bill that would allow the Kansas Farm Bureau to market pseudo-health insurance to its members. A powerful ag organization says it can offer cheaper coverage to struggling farm and ranch families if it doesn't have to comply with state and federal regulations. A coalition of health organizations is gearing up to fight the bill as it moves over to the House. But they're outgunned. The Farm Bureau has launched a robust social media and letter-writing campaign and has more than a dozen lobbyists working the halls of the Capitol. This is Statehouse Blend, Kansas. In Topeka, I'm Jim McLean. One small correction to what Jim said earlier about a bill Democrats were upset to see fall by the wayside. That legislation would have made sexual battery between spouses, non-consensual touching, a crime. Kansas eliminated spousal exemptions for rape and aggravated sexual battery decades ago.
Statehouse Blend Kansas is a production of the Kansas News Service, a collaboration of public radio stations across the state. I'm Amy Jeffries, editor of the Kansas News Service and this podcast. We've got a whole team reporting on health, education, and politics. Visit ksnewsservice.org for fresh stories in between episodes of Statehouse Blend. But do subscribe to this podcast and rate it. It'll help other people find it. And those little stars warm our hearts. The Nameless Dancer's song Warm Evening is used for our theme and came from Free Music Archive.